Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there. My name's Neil David, and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North. We don't care. We talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined as always by my good friend and co-host Kelly, who is coming to us this week from a brand new laptop. Yeah, it's brand new, and I've got a touch screen now. I didn't realize that when I was buying it, so that's fancy. Wow, that's uh, now I, I, I sound... I sound different apparently. I can I can use my fingerprint to like unlock the computer. It's it's crazy. You have a little bit more at least on my end. It feels like you got a little bit more bass to your voice. Feel a little bit more regal. Wow. Um, but I don't know. Once I edit this, maybe you'll sound exactly the same. Who's to say? Uh, Dear listener, do I sound different? Come in with a real um I don't know. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Yeah, there you go. Welcome to Smooth Jams Audio, where we've got the smoothest Joshi wrestling. That's right. Well, using that new laptop, we got a lot of Joshi to talk about. We're going to be talking some stardom, some Tokyo Joshi, and many other things. But before we do that, we got to get in the plugs. Follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. You can follow Kelly at Kelly, and you can follow me at TayMambo. Subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb 
dash audio. So let's get right into it with our first show, Stardom's Midsummer Champions from July 2nd at Yokohama Budokan with 1,307 fans in attendance. Kelly, what did you think about Midsummer Champions? Uh... I, 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 it was a show. It was a show. I watched it. There was like two matches I really liked, three matches I really liked, and that's about it. What about you? You have any uh, any strong thoughts? I had. I don't want to call it a revelation, um, but I guess I'll call it a realization. And maybe it's very close to some other things we've talked about. Um. But just something, as I was watching, I was like, I think I have figured out my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll talk about that as we get in the show. There was just sort of, you know, some of these, a lot of the matches just sort of happened. And so I didn't have really a lot to say about the individual matches itself. Um but they made me think some sort of bigger thoughts, which I'll get into as we go through the matches. Okay. Yeah, the show itself reminded me of the review I gave to my friends on the first episode of the uh, Marvel show Secret Invasion. And that was that sure was some content I watched on the Disney Plus application. Well, you did better than me because I watched about uh, 15 minutes of it and got very bored and turned it off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched it and I'm like, well, this is just happening in front of me and I have no other thoughts on this. Apparently episode two gets better. I doubt I'm going to find out if that's true. Well, like the last 45 minutes of Secret Invasion episode one, I did not see this pre-show tag team match on Midsummer Champions. Kelly, I'm assuming you did not see it either. I don't think I did. What was it? Nope, didn't see that. The pre-show match, Wakasukiyama and Yuna Mizumori defeating the Queen's Quest duo of Hina and Miyu Amasaki in 5 minutes and 38 seconds. The first match of the show proper, a six-person tag team match. The now regular team, I guess you'd call them, at least partially, Hanako, May Sierra, and Suzu Suzuki defeating Ayasakura, Hazuki, and Saya Ida in 11 minutes and 31 seconds after a very weird finish. Uh, I thought Hanako hit some sort of move that I didn't understand. Yeah, it end, need, whatever it is, it needs work. I literally wrote, what the heck was that finish? Um... <laughs> It was like now I'm thinking back because I watched the show a week ago. I'm like, I don't even remember specifically what it really looked like. <laughs> I just no, remember being I don't like, either. that was a weird. It was like a shoulder dropping, thrusting um, sort of thing. But I just watched it and I thought, ooh, that, yeah. And like you said, let's work on that one. Let's work <laughs> on that one. Um, other than that, I thought it was a fun match. I thought everyone worked well together. Um, you know, a nice opener. I like the trio. I hope that they get officially um, 
titled or I guess grouped this Maysira, Micah, Suzu, Suzuki, Hanako quartet, I guess, uh, who seems to be tagging together a lot, but not officially together as anything yet. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was a decent, like, high energy opener and it was fun. It was a fun match. But this is where I had my first big thought. Taylor the Revelator. And yeah. So I was I was watching this match. I'm like, oh, I'm having fun. This is fun. I'm like, I really like everyone in this match. You know, two sort of rookies, but like Ida, Hazuki, Suzu Suzuki, May Sierra. And then I started thinking, I was like, they are to me really what stardom is. And I was thinking larger picture about this. And the fact that Kelly, you and I are sort of on the same page with some of this stuff. We're like, we haven't really enjoyed Sayakamitani. We haven't really enjoyed uh, Mirai. When a lot of other people really enjoy them. Yes. And I was like, okay, what's the deal here? And I finally thought, you know, I think some people consider Joshi like the female version of male wrestling, which is sort of logical because it is women doing it instead of men. But in my brain, I consider Joshi not just like, oh, it's a women's version of this, but it's like its own genre. Like you would think of New Japan and DDT are very different. Even yeah, they they're different have, styles. They're different styles. They're not like, I don't ever watch a men's match and think, oh, I really enjoyed that, but I would have enjoyed it more had it been women. For the same reason, I don't watch Joshi and think, oh, I really enjoyed that, but it would be better if it was men doing it. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever had that thought in my life. Um and so I think when it comes down to it, it's like, I don't want to see sort of like women do New Japan. Yeah. That to me is not interesting because I'm like, I already have New Japan. If I want to watch that, I'll go watch a New Japan show. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need like a women's quote unquote women's version of it. Because to me, that's not different. Just because it's like, oh, it's women doing it instead of men. I'm sort of like, no, but I like stardom because it's it's different than anything else. You know, it's not like it's not like New Japan. It's not like DDT, but it's also not like Seedling. It's not like uh, Sendai Girls. Like they all have very different styles. And so I just consider Joshi and sort of each company in Joshi a different style and I think that's my disconnect where sometimes it feels to me like especially someone like Mirai is going out there and being like here's what I'm doing I'm doing a New Japan match but I'm a woman yes absolutely and I'm sort 100%. of like great like okay because frankly if I want to watch a New Japan match I'm going to go watch Kazuchika Okada yep. like I also don't I also don't want to see a New Japan, you know, style match in like MLW cuz I'm like why the hell would I watch this when I could go watch Okada or someone else do it really well 
Well, Taylor, it's because so, the world of MLW never stops. Yes, I only brought that up because I knew that Kelly last night was hooked. I was. Watching the latest MLW show. I don't um, know but why. But you know what Stardom could use? Stardom could use Don King. Stardom uh, could absolutely use Don King as a mysterious benefactor. <laughs> I was not expecting, when they revealed who the benefactor of Bomaye was, Don King would not have been on the list of a hundred people I would make. A hundred? I would like probably if say I, a if, thousand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah, I don't think I ever would have gotten to Don King. Honestly, probably because I thought he was already dead. I think that's a big part of it. <laughs> I did not realize that Don King was still alive currently. What unit would Don King purchase in Stardom? Um Oh, it would be What's the um, most like uh, Club Venus. Do you think it would be Club Venus? Because I think he would be Absolutely. like, "Oh, I'm all about, you know, the fighters who are going to make me money." So he would be like, "Oh, God's Eye" or something. No, I think he would be like, "Look at these women. <laughs> Mina's got her women, and I'm I'm pushing them to the moon with my millions of dollars." It's a great Don King. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I worked on it really hard. Um, yeah, but <laughs> but anyway, to get back to the original point, that was sort of the thing I started thinking of during this match. It was only sort of confirmed during parts of the rest of the show. Um, but anyway, that was sort of my big thought. Uh, and it's like, I, I to go with what you were saying... Part of why, like, there's a disconnect there, and I've talked about this before. I've called uh, Sayakamatani in a fit of rage. I've, I think, I've referred to her as a bullshit Kotobushi cosplay, and that's that's a big part of what you're saying. Is a lot of it, it just feels like New Japan tributes, and that's why it doesn't land. Because I come here for Joshi. I don't come here for New Japan. I I have a specific thing I want out of this product. And so if you're just doing New Japan again, I would just watch New Japan. But and then like you have this opener here where it's honestly like a good chunk of our favorites from the company doing a more Joshi style match. But it's like they're forced down to the bottom of the card. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was a good match. I'm not saying this match was like the greatest match ever. Of no, course, it was it was, it was opener, fine. But yeah, but I was like, they oh, put a in lot of a decent like. opener effort. Yeah. Um, but anyway, after this match, Kelly, I did write my notes. We have to talk about Starverse. Did you see the is, advertisement for Starverse? Is that their NFT thing? It's their like, well, they did an ad after the match and they're like, look, it's Starverse or whatever they were doing. And the, the images was like an old 2003 video game. And it was like Natsupoi wandering around an empty ring. Like 2003 quality graphics of Natsupoi wandering around an, an empty ring in an empty arena. And I was like, this is the cell of this whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, um, I thought it was like, that's where you put your, you get your stardom NFTs and then you can like, pose them in different places but maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm misunderstanding what whatever the hell starverse is 
I think it may be an, an NFT thing, and I have no interest in learning anything about any NFT. Like, I sort of vaguely, I understand what it is, but anytime it's brought up, I'm like, I don't have any interest in filling any part of my brain with information about this. Yeah. Um, but I just found it insane that they showed this and they're like, look, it's incredible. And I was like, this looks like shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, like someone seeing it and be like, oh, yeah, because I'm sure those NFTs, I'm sure those things are like not cheap. Yeah, probably not. Right. So I'm like, oh, are you going to pay $100 to have this thing that you then put in somewhere and watch your little character wander around? Like, is that the thing? I have purchased Natsupoi and have trapped her in my my enormous coliseum, left to wander for the rest of her days. In a ring with no fans as they just wander <laughs> around, like, and not even wander around, but that, like, old school, you can only walk, um, like, in direct cardinal directions, like north yeah. and south, or you have to turn and then walk east and west. I have purchased right. 400 Tom NFTs and they will become the audience. Um, but I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see how quickly um, this shit is dropped because it's interesting. It now feels like it feels many times like technology happens in Japan first and then comes to America. It's the opposite. This, with feels, this. this feels like a thing where it was in America it is now failed, I think we can say. Um, yeah. And now they're like, now we're in Japan, and Japan's doing the same thing where, ev- like, a bunch of companies are like, look, we can do this. And now I'm waiting for the moment when people go, we're not interested, and they stop talking about it. Anyway, the like next it feel, match honestly, was- NFTs make more sense in Japan in a way to me because. If you view them purely as collectibles, it it doesn't take up storage space, which is at a premium in a lot of Japanese areas, especially the city. So, like, it could scratch that itch for collectors who just don't have space for their collection anymore. But it's still dumb as fuck. But I can see the logic of it succeeding over there. Well, I think it's going to fail. I think it will, too. But I do think there is, it might hang on a teensy bit longer than it did here. Well, we'll see if on the next show they're still talking about, we'll have to track the, uh, the longevity of Starburst. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly, maybe I'll buy you as a gift, uh, at some point. Um, who would you like least? Um, oh, give me a uh, Natsuko Tora NFT. Andrew Ruwaka, I'll give you both of them. There we go. I bet I could get a deal, two for one or something. (laughs) Uh, The next match, though, was an eight-person tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, Saya Kamatani, and Utami defeating the Stars Quartet of Hanan, Koguma, Mayu Iwatani, and Momo Kogo in 9 minutes and 21 seconds. Kelly, Queen's Quest getting along, but then at the end, another twist. 
Yeah, what happened at the end? I wasn't quite clear. I know Utami was like, well, I'm leaving, and everyone else is like, what the fuck? That's essentially what happened. She was like, ah, I have to... I, I think she's going on, like, a vision quest. Oh, uh, she's to, going on a walkabout? To reclaim her leadership abilities. She's doubt. She's doubting her leadership abilities. Um, it was funny because I was like, oh, a nice follow-up. You know, Queen's Quest is all reunited. They got the win. Um, you know, got the win in the cage match. They come out the first match here. Everyone's on the same page. They get the pin. I'm like, great, everything's back to normal. And then immediately started cutting that promo being like, I'm out of here. And everyone's like, what? Where are you going? Uh, and the answer turned out to be America. Yeah. Uh, Saya's just like, goes, I should have fucking brained you with that, that pipe. Where everyone goes to really clear their mind, uh, America. Yeah. You know, <laughs> GCW. Breathe in the nice, clean, fresh air of GCW. It's often called the spa of pro wrestling, so, you know, <laughs> makes sense. Go there, relax. Uh, yeah, but I thought this was a fine match. Nothing really out of the ordinary. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. I thought it was good booking to give the United Queen's Quest a victory, but then they were united again by the end the next match was another eight person tag the donna del mundo team of julia micah my sakurai and tecla defeating the oedo tai team of momo watanabe natsuka tora rena and ruwaka in 11 minutes and 18 seconds and let me declare i am back on the train of i do not care about oedo tai yeah it felt like they got really bad. There was that moment when I was like, they're bad, and why does this group still exist? They added Starlight Kid and Momo, and I was sort of like, oh, this is sort of interesting. And now it feels like they're just back doing the same dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my notes for this match read exactly as follows. This was fine. No real thoughts here. I wrote... Fine. All of these early matches feel pretty similar. And then I yeah. wrote, work well. I do not care about Oedo Tai. <laughs> there it is. The two notes. Yep. Um, but most importantly, the match Kelly was looking most forward to the passion injection match nanai takahashi defeating starlight kid in 14 minutes and 28 seconds kelly most importantly did this match inject passion into you you know what it did for all the shit i talk on the passion injection matches i thought this rocked a kid fought really well here she fought as hard as she could to send grandma back to the home but you know she couldn't do it Grandma beat her, and it was a really good match. It was easily my favorite of the Passion Injection matches so far. Uh, I went three and three quarters on this. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I agree 100%. I thought it was very good. Started hot. It felt like it felt like one where Nanai was actually like trying, having to wrestle, and not just like, oh, I'm going through the motions. And, you know, 
doing whatever I do, I'm going to win. So I'll just do whatever. And I was very close. I went three and a half stars, but I was very close to three and three quarters. Yeah, I think the my surprise at liking it probably gave it that little extra bump. Yeah, I thought clearly the best passion injection match. And I think the important thing with these matches now is um, they should have passion injection matches with two good wrestlers and not just one. Yep. That's my hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Really helps. Yeah. The next match was our first title match, the Goddesses of Stardom title match. The new champions, Club Venus, Mariah May, and Mina Shirakawa, defeating the God's Eye team of Amisore and Suri in 14 minutes and 45 seconds. I did think briefly for a moment, I was sort of sitting watching the match, thinking, did they screw up the booking where they wanted to get the singles title on Mirai, forgetting that she had the tag team titles, but they wanted the tag team titles on Ami. So they were like, uh, we'll just give you another challenge with a different partner and you'll win the titles. But then they didn't. <laughs> um, so I should have more faith in Rossi uh, than that. Um, I described, uh, I wrote in my notes that all of these matches sort of blur together in an unspectacular soup. <laughs> that was my note <laughs> on this match. Well, it sounds like I liked this one more than you. I I was pretty into this. I thought it was... Uh, Siri is a huge scalp for Mina. Like, I was surprised when she picked up that, that pin over her. I thought for sure that Ami was there to take the pin. So th- uh, that was cool. It's good to kind of see them rehabbing Mina after the title loss. Uh, for the most part, this was pretty hard hitting, except for when uh, Mariah hit Siri with the power bomb to the outside. But there was like two or three people there to catch Siri, so she just fell very slowly instead of taking a power bomb. <laughs> but like other than that, I really enjoyed this match. I I went three and three quarters on this one too. Yeah, I was down. I was like, it was good. It isn't that I didn't think it was good, but I was just sort of like, yeah, this is another like three and a quarter star match for me that I just thought fine. I don't know. Something about the tag. I don't, I don't, I can't even remember the last time I was like, wow, this tag title match was really good. Um, It's been a while. It's been probably since FWC was the champions. I mean, those I remember liking, and then they lost yeah. the title, and I don't think I've liked a single... I don't know. There's just something about... Well, we had to suffer through the, the hat team. Oh, yeah, team hat. And um, then uh, team we won from a countout. And now we're on Club Venus, which I'm, I'm putting my stocks into. They're going to bring it back. Yep. They're going to bring it back. I'm telling you, you you're, my proclamation of Mariah May being top heel in the company soon. It's coming. The next title match was the high-speed title match, only lasting 3 minutes and 30 seconds. Saki Kashima retaining the high-speed title over Fukigen Death. Baby, we are right back in the pits with the high-speed title. This felt mainly like it happened solely... For a plot point. 
Yeah, this sucked, but it was short at least, so that was nice. Uh, Saki Kashima joining God's Eye after the match. What uh, a weird begging, fit. Begging Shuri to join join with the shooters. And if anyone's a shooter, it's Saki Kashima. Yeah. Um, also, I guess uh, Kina not into the... Um, shenanigans and tomfoolery so maybe hina will uh be breaking out soon uh not a fix for oedo tai but uh, it's something i yeah. guess <laughs> shrug yeah um, the semi main event of the show for the wonder of stardom title New champion Mirai defeats Tom Nakano, who is now only a single champion, in 22 minutes and 16 seconds. Mirai, you stupid idiot. Why didn't you challenge for the red belt? Why didn't you challenge for both belts? Why did you challenge for both belts, you stupid dummy? Um, My note was I liked it, but I was not invested in any way. Um... One of those matches where it ends and I'm just sort of like in a weird fog where I'm like, I guess, like I went four stars, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't looking forward to Mirai winning. I knew she was winning. Then she won. I don't know. Just. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I I ended up at three and three quarters on this one as well. Um I wasn't excited for it at all going in, but like they really were vicious. Like they were beating the shit out of each other, and so they they won me over. They got me into the match, and I ended up really liking it. Uh, the middle kind of dragged, but I thought the opening and closing thir- thirds of the match were both really good. And so yeah, I, I ended up enjoying it. But like one thing I thought about coming out of this match is it's kind of wild how much the white belt has bounced around ever since I lost it. Yeah, well, I'm glad they're not doing, you know, like I said, when they were all happening, I was like, hey, it might be good to switch up these titles. Yeah. Not one single time a year, and that's what they're doing. So, you know, it does give a little bit more juice to some of these title matches that maybe you think, oh, it's a foregone conclusion, because now it's like, oh, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just... I I have no excitement. I think Mirai is the most divisive roster member in Stardom. I re- yeah, I think so. Cause it's it's mostly it's a lot of people being like, oh my god, she's the future. She's incredible. Just top of the company, best we're ever gonna see. Versus everyone else being like, yeah, I don't know, she's all right. Um. Yeah, just my excitement level for a Mirai title reign is very low. Yeah, uh, it's like who knows? Sayakama maybe maybe Tani, she'll lose it in the next defense. <laughs> like we didn't really enjoy a lot of Saya Kamatani matches, but at least there was something going on where you're like, "What the hell is going to happen here?" Like, I don't know. Maybe she'll gravely who, injure someone. Whose face Obviously, is she going to break? But yeah. <laughs> 
it's like, oh, what's going to happen? What weird thing is she going to do? Like there was some interest there where this, it's like, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get these sort of fine, but not spectacular matches. And I won't be invested at all in the character because I think her character is just sort of a wet noodle. Um, of like, hey, I'm here. Like the character is just sort of like, hey, I'm a wrestler. Uh, do do some claps for me, please. <laughs> please clap. Please clap. Yeah, the Jeb Bush of Star. Yep. <laughs> it's Mirai. Um, so yeah, but Kelly, the last match we have to talk about, and maybe the most controversial match well clearly the most controversial match of the show maybe the most controversial match of stardom's year the indian strap match where sayuria no defeated natsupoy in 26 minutes and 36 seconds before i had watched this show i saw multiple posts in the Voices of Wrestling Discord, calling this the worst stardom match of the year. Do you agree, Kelly? I don't know, because I don't I don't think it was good. I don't think it was good at all. I went one star on this. It felt like it was never going to end. It was super boring, bad gimmick. Crowd didn't give a single shit. It was a perfect storm of just terrible garbage. But, like, I also don't remember a single damn thing about it. Nothing in it stuck out enough where it's like, oh, this is so bad. I'm going to, you know, and it just lives in my brain forever. None of that, nothing like that happened here. Everything in it was serviceable enough to to be, I guess, technically fine. So there, yes, it's bad, but I have a hard time calling it the worst of the year. But also... I don't know what I would say is worse from stardom this year. All right. Well, this is, <laughs> this is going to be a shocker uh, to you. First of all, the first thing I thought was they sort of run it with this sort of racist name, the Indian strap match. Yeah. And then the strap is just like a black strap. Like, huh? Like, why didn't you just call it a strap match? It was just like a very mechanical black strap um, that I was like, okay, um, I would have cut the word Indian and just called it a strap match. Yeah. Here's the thing about this match. I thought the work was really good, but I think that they were stuck with a bad stipulation. I mean, there's never, ever... And I say this with confidence, having done no research into this, but I'm saying it with confidence. There has never, ever been a good strap match. Because the gimmick is so stupid. Like, oh, let me touch all these four corners with the, uh, you know, oh, we're strapped together, but it's a very long strap and I have to touch these four corners. By the way, they made it harder in this match by not... They kept grabbing and like constricting the rope and then dragging each other. I'm like, just let go of the rope and walk <laughs> over there. Like that was the thing that annoyed me the most was I was like, why are you dragging this person from corner to corner when you have a rope that's like 10 feet long? 
just let go of the rope and walk over there. Um, they didn't really use the strap that much. Like at one point they started using it as a whip, which I was like, oh, here we go. And then they just stopped and didn't do that anymore. Um, it was just like, why, why this gimmick? Why did this, why was this the thing that we decided to do for these two people? Um, but like, for example, they had the okay, part. Okay, hang on, hang on. Okay, All there right. is one good. There is a good strap match. Vader right. versus Sting. Have I seen that? I don't know if I have. From uh, February twenty first, nineteen ninety three, at a Super Brawl three. So, a good strap match happened thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, even if that Oh, that's the is White true, Castle of Fear leather strap match. How could I forget? I will give that one to you, and I will still consider it a victory lap for me to say, yes, okay, there was one good strap match that happened 30 years ago. How um, could we forget from NXT Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong? I certainly did not see that. Like, Apparently, Brian Danielson one. and The Fiend had a strap match. I am not aware of that one at all. Well, I'll give you the assignment of um, checking that one out because I will not. You be know, doing that's that. Royal Rumble 2020. I probably saw that. I probably reviewed that. Uh, I probably no, saw I might have been too. out by then. I probably saw it too because I do. The Royal Rumble sort of is my most. I do watch that. Yeah. Um, but like there was the Cody one a couple of years ago in AEW. Um, oh with, yeah, with uh, Brody. With Brody, right? Yeah. Um, which I don't have really any memory of. But I'm just like, it's a, it's just bad because the whole thing is like, oh, you see a pin and you're like, oh, great, a pin, and then it's like, but wait, now I'm gonna walk around the ring and slap the turnbuckles weirdly. Um, and I just don't care, but I will say a great segment when I was like, Hey, this work is good. They had that segment where they just started launching each other with German suplexes. And I was like, this is a lot of fun. I wish they weren't wearing the strap, but <laughs> I'm enjoying this exchange. Like I was like, it was probably four star work, but the gimmick itself is like two stars. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a match that's like, no, it's like, I'm just trying to think, has there ever, I mean, there's like last, I don't love last man standing matches, which I feel are not great, but is there any gimmick that is just so consistently not that great that people do like every two or three years? Oh, it's like a consistent, the, uh... like, oh, we're, do we're doing another one of these. I'm doing. I, I've been doing more research on the strap match. The Cody versus Brody Lee match was a dog collar match, not a strap match, so that gets disqualified. Uh, there you go. Yep, yep. Dog collar match far superior to the strap match in every way. Yeah, because in dog collar it's just pinning, right? Yeah, I think there's no like touching of of the of the um, whatever you call them turnbuckles. Jesus. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. yeah but i guess 
my end thought was I definitely do not see it as the worst. I consider a much more egregious offense to be a match that is really boring. And to me, this match, even though the gimmick was bad, it wasn't boring. Like, I would have rather have watched this than watch something that's like, oh, that was a two and a quarter star match, you know, random tag team match or something. Because that to I me don't know. Like, I was I was pretty bored with this. I mean, it was. I think very, a big part of that was just how long, long it was. Yeah. And I mean, it's clear the people. I mean, thirteen hundred, which is not terrible, but for stardom is. Um. Just not not a great number i mean they had been pulling like 1600 1700 uh recently which um this is not so yeah and a sort of just weird end to a weird show i would like it if natsupoi feuds stop ending in well i guess we're friends now but she just loves everyone yeah. Stop that. Well, you'll be sad to know they're challenging together for the tag titles. <sighs> they better fucking lose. That happened. Um, that happened today on the Corican show, which uh, uh. happened a few hours ago. Okay, I found another uh, stipulation match that is always pretty much guaranteed to be terrible, and that is the ambulance match. Oh. Yeah, but do people outside of WWE do that? Um, Have you ever seen well, an ambulance match? WCW. Well, a, a living company. Um, let's see. Looking at. Have any happened in the past 20 years that were not in WWE? There was one last year in Coastal Championship Wrestling. <laughs> of course. And... How could I have forgotten? In 2014, Smash Wrestling had one between between uh, Brent Banks and Scotty O'Shea. Great. Uh, so the answer uh, is no. The most recent one was in WWE. Uh, I assume this is NXT. It was Damon Kemp versus Julius Creed. Who is Damon Kemp? I have no idea. I know Julius Creed because he's one of the brothers that was like really good or something, right? Yeah, I guess Kemp is just a WWE guy. He didn't wrestle anywhere else. Well, that's why I don't know him. Um, but anyway, that's Stardom's Midsummer Champions show. Wrestled Kushida in his fourth match in his career. When was his last wrestling match? So his most recent match, he wrestled, uh, Damon Kemp wrestled on the 7th. So that was just two days ago. Against Yeah, two. his first, uh, that was, oh boy. Damon Kemp and Tavion Heights ver defeat Eddie Thorpe and Tiller Hare. All right, well, I know Eddie Thorpe is, uh, what's-his-face from, um... Oh, that's Carl Fredericks. Yeah, from the... LA that's Dojo, his fucking, yeah. that's his name? Yeah, Eddie DJ Eddie Thorpe. What the fuck? That's such a bad name. Wicka wicka. Um, yeah. 
But anyway, back to Joshi. <laughs> Um, that was Stardom's Midsummer Champions. Next, we're going to be talking about Tokyo Joshi's Summer Pro- Sun, ugh, Tokyo Joshi's Summer Sun Princess 2-3 from the Oda City General Gymnasium in front of 1,222 fans. I believe the highest attendance Tokyo Joshi has ever had in that building. Kelly, what did you think about this show? The show rocked. I was very happy with it. Uh, nothing, well, that's not true. I was going to say nothing like super high-end match of the year contender, but you know what? That main event might be in that category. So yeah, really good all-around show. I was super happy with this one. Though I will say, did you have any problems watching it? Uh, No. This was the first time I had issues with Wrestle Universe. Because, like, I could not get it to cast well from my phone or my laptop. It stalled out in casting in the exact same spot on both devices, which I thought was weird. Uh, I had... It switched the commentary on me at one point. Uh, I had, there was a couple times... There was one time where I paused, walked out of the room, and came back, and it was playing. That was weird. Like, I, I don't know what was going on with Wrestle Universe yesterday with me, but I had, I had a hell of a time watching this show. Um, no, my experience was fine. I, many years ago, when Wrestle Universe first started, found it nearly impossible to watch anything on it because it would, like, play for five seconds and then freeze. Yes. And... I was like, oh, this just doesn't work. And I tried all of these different things. Um, I like bought different streaming things and nothing worked. And then one day, all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, now it will work. And yeah. I really have had very few problems since then. Yeah, this is my first time I've had issues with it since like they fixed everything and launched the app and stuff. So I, I was kind of surprised. Um, I will say about the show, I think without the top two matches, I would have considered this show a big disappointment. Is my sort of I can see that. And then I thought the top two were very good and sort of saved. I think covered over a lot of the flaws, but also then when the top two are good, you're like, oh, all of these three and a quarter star matches that I was like, is this the best they're going to do? All of a sudden they're like, oh, those were exciting and fun. And that's fine because then the top was really good. Um, but the show started with the return of Juria Nagano teaming with her Karate Kids buddy Mocha Miyamoto, but unfortunately losing to the regular team of Daisy Monkey, Arisa Endo, and Suzume in 11 minutes and 43 seconds. Kelly, the mocha outfit is getting closer. The skirt was a different fabric. <laughs> and not getting fit. closer in that it's trying to latch itself onto other people like we were <laughs> afraid of. It's It was a thinner fabric, so I'm like, I think they realized that doing the full comforter style skirt was wrong she would have died wrestling in that in this summer the japanese summer heat so i'm i'm glad they fixed the fabric at the very least i'm just like i know one day she's gonna come out and she's gonna have totally new gear and it's gonna be like we 
finally did it. Yep. Uh, but as to the match itself, great to see Juria back. She looked good. Uh, doesn't look like she's lost a step. And I thought this was a solid opening match. Yeah, I thought Juria looked like a star here. She just she was the main focal point of the match. While she took the loss, she was the star of it. So it's like she came out of this looking fantastic. And overall, just a great opener. I want three and a half stars on this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The oh, next oh, match. Oh, oh, I just oh, re- oh, Did oh. you, we didn't talk about this. Did you listen to the new Up Up Girls song? Well, I watched the performance. Okay, good. During that, that's show. what I mean. It so it was way, a banger. Yes, I did listen to it. It sounds very different than their other uh, songs. It does. I like it. And I did like it, but I was sitting there being like, "Oh, I hope they pull out one of the big guns." And then they did. They because they did a second song. So then I was like, I think if that had been the only song, I would have been like, "Oh, I like that." But I always like you know, I want them to play the hits. Yeah, you got to get the classics. Um, And so, and it is out. I did see it is out now on, uh, I believe, on streaming services. Ooh. Um, Let me check my, actually, what was it called? RXC. Okay. Oh, that won't help me. God, who's this person? Um, I guess I could look up, up, up girls, right? Yeah, that should work. Up, up, girls. Let's see. Yeah, Rocket, or, well, I guess Rocket now, although the O's are replaced with X. So, Rixit Nuggle. Rixit And they also have an instrumental version on Spotify if you want to learn the words and do karaoke. Perfect. Um. No, but that will be added. That will definitely be added to my Up Up Girls playlist because I did like. I feel like the last few songs they've they've released have been have been very good. Hmm. I mean, I feel like all their songs. Oh, are there any songs? I guess are there any Up Up Girls songs that I'm like oh, I don't like this one. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any where they start it and I'm like, ugh, this one. Or I'm like, Ugh. although what is this? Oh no. Um, now I'm looking at the show all. Okay. Upper chop. Upper chop is the, hold on. I don't think they do upper cause they do upper kick a lot. Yeah. Upper kick is the, Dun, 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 dun. That one. That that's a good one. I think that's my favorite. Uh, Chocolate Love Me Do, which is me use entrance music. Marshmallow. That's what that, I I don't think I knew what that song was called. That's a weird name. And I should say it's called Chocolate Love Me 
both M and E are capitalized, do. Um, only 12,000 plays on Spotify, but Marshmallow Cacao Station. What is that one? Oh, that's got to be Raku's song or something. Oh, no, right? that's the... Da, 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 that that one. Ah. Uh. Um, yeah, I'm like, I recognize all of these, but I don't know if I could tell you any of their, except for Upper Kick. I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's that song that I know. <laughs> um, seriously, Muscle. Oh. Wow. Susan. All right. Uh, well, anyway, that's the segment where I sit and listen to music that no one else can hear. Uh, <laughs> we can, we, I could hear it a little bit. Oh, through my headphones? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's. And then good, there's whatever uh, Hikari does on her solo stuff because she has those CDs that she uses in death matches, and I don't know if they get any other use. Oh, is that Rock Bottom? I yeah. might be. I think that's rock bottom. Um, all right. <laughs> well, anyways, the next match on this show was an eight-person tag team match. Haruna Neko, Himawari, Mahiro Kiryu, and Shino Suzuki defeating Shino. Haru, Haru Karashiro, Kaya Torabami, Runa Okuba, and Toga in 11 minutes and seven seconds. I thought this was a fun match. The rookies are improving. You know, they still have their moments. The opening uh, sort of grappling sequence, which looked like it was happening in incredible slow motion. Um, But they aren't incredibly awkward anymore, which is an improvement. So they are getting better, which is good to see. And I wrote, Toga's great. Let's all get on the Toga train. Yep. They're now at the level where if you put them on NXT, people would be like, these are the greatest women's wrestlers anyone has ever seen in the world. I'm very happy to just have Toga come in once a match and just wreck someone and that sort of be the Toga moment and be like, we did it. Yep. (laughs) That's it. Next match. Um, (laughs) Because that's always the highlight. Toga's one thing coming in, destroying someone, and everyone being like, oh! Yeah, it's always good every single time. The next match was a tag team match. The team of Naokakuda and Ryo Mizunami defeating the team of Asuka and Yuki Kamafuku in 10 minutes and 11 seconds. Of course, the first thing we have to talk about is the entrances from really both teams uh but yuki kamafuku and asuka coming out in their entrance with bali and aki openly discussing how tokyo joshi fans are unused to being horny um and that they would be very thrown off by this entrance it was so fucking funny but he said that even early when when they were opening the show and they were just sort of like, hey, here's what's on the card. It's blah, blah, it's this, this, this. Aki said at one point they were like, oh, yeah, Asuka and, and um, Yuki are tagging together. And he's like, oh, and the fans um, will see Asuka and they will be amazed, but also they will have a feeling in their stomach of 
uncomfortability or something he said and i was like what the heck is going on why are we talking about this and then he brought it up again he's like oh the tokyo joshi fans they're used to he said something like oh they're used to being happy yeah when... just like smiling and happy yeah. <laughs> when wrestlers are entering but now they're feeling uh, an unusual feeling in their stomach and i was like wow this is very weird <laughs> um and then the my other favorite part was like brooks was in the middle of saying something and then oscar started like dancing on the corner post like it was a pole and brooks just stops and goes oh goodness uh very pure uh wrestling company of course then uh rio and now coming out to rio's music um the uh royalty free pitbull homage uh, as we'll call it which was rudely interrupted by their opponents and then yuki got in the ring openly mocking rio mizunami wearing the jacket wearing the glasses um but then we got into the match, and I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Ryu Mizunami continues to be a perfect fit for Tokyo Joshi. I thought the sequences with her and Asuka were really good. Um, did you notice... Turned into a seedling show. Was Chris Brooks calling her Venue? I know that they were sort of interchangeably saying Asuka and Venny. But it felt like a number well, of times Chris was saying Venue, and I was that's like... That's their uh, team name, that, like, Venue. Oh, I thought he was referencing just Oscar, like, when he was doing that, he that makes sense. But I thought he was saying, oh, like, she's in the ring, here comes Venue. I think and he I might have like, just had too many names floating around in his head. <laughs> but you are right that their team name is Venue, but... I thought he was only referencing her, so I was like, is he calling her Venue? Um, I mean, maybe maybe he just had a little tingle in his stomach and he's just thrown off. He's not really used to just, that as a fan of Tokyo Joshi. He's not um, used to it. I really appreciate that Asuka just can't, comes out and makes the entire focus of her entrance shaking ass and kissing cute boys. Like, Yeah, there was her. that kiss. I was like, whoa. Um, at first, first I thought the older of the two guys I thought it was uh, Minoru Tanaka <laughs> wow what a gig uh, that would have been for him um, is that the f- and then I was like wait is that Yuko, Yuko Miyamoto no I think it was just two guys yeah <laughs> they just wandered the streets and were like hey want to come uh, be part of this wrestling show boys where you'll where you'll just sort of, they didn't really do anything. Well, no, the they one were just carried, there. The one carried, um, I think, Oscar down the stairs. Um, but they just sort of like walked near them. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, also, do we have to put on our conspiracy theory hat and note that it is another loss for Yuki Kamafuku? I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But either way, big win for now Kakuda here. Yeah, big win, and especially with the uh, tag titles sort of up in the air. All of these victories are interesting because you don't know, you know, 
maybe Kakuda and Mizunami will be tag challengers. That'd be cool. You don't know, but I'm very thrown off by Yuki Luza. I'm like, is this a sign that she's like retiring or something? Um, we did learn, unrelated to this, that um, Saki Akai was offered, supposedly, a contract in AEW and turned it down. So maybe they offered one to Yuki. Shit, maybe. It seems and Yuki does have Yuki does have good English, so she does. Um, oh, an Ohioan. Yep. At least partially. But I'm like, hmm, that's. You think that they would like offer Miyu or something? I mean, I guess they offered Yuka, and yeah. she's doing it. So, I guess everyone's up for grabs. If Camille uh, does we'll make but... the jump, I hope they give her back her true ring entrance music. Kelly, if there's anything that would happen, I would guarantee you that they are not going to be playing Old McDonald. Stop imagine... the Old McDonald erasure. Imagine Jim Ross sitting at the desk and Old McDonald hits as Yuki Kamafuku comes out. Well, first of all, well, Imagine go, Jim well, Ross at the desk when Yuki Kamafuku comes out at all, first off. Well, yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but I was thinking he would go, what the hell? And then she would come out and he would probably say something like, who's this Jezebel? Because um, he loves that freaking word, Jezebel. What's she know about milking cows? <laughs> well, I don't know this, uh, uh, you know, and then he'd say something really problematic. <laughs> um, about that she's oh oh she's from the land of the rising sun um, <laughs> this Jezebel I've never heard of a farmer from the Orient now we gotta be serious We I don't understand why these wrestlers aren't serious playing old McDonald uh, he would be infuriated and then he would immediately be smitten and those two uh, opposing forces would compete in his mind. Um, they, every he has two dogs in him, confused and uh, confused and horny. Yes. Um, so uh, one anyway, says what the hell, went, the other says sauce it. I went three and a half on this match. I went three and three quarters on. It. Hey, I like this a lot. The next match was a title match for the Defy Women's title, which is a promotion based out of Seattle, not Canada, as the as Chris Brooks and Balianaki uh, briefly surmised. They were uh, both still Brooke, confused. They were like, it's Canadian. And then they're like, no, it's Seattle. And then they clearly, neither of them knew where Seattle is. Uh, <laughs> so they stopped talking about it. They're like, is Seattle Canada? They're like, no, it's Seattle. You know, Seattle in dot, 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 dot. And then they're like, <laughs> and back to the match. Um, Vert Vixen, the champion, defeating Hikari Noah in nine minutes and 42 seconds. I should say possibly advertising Vixen huh? beats Hikari Noah. That could be definitely one. the more vertical of the two in this one. 
Yeah, but it could stand for advertising. That's what I'm that saying. That could be. She's advertising some video game. The concept yeah, of video games. Um, I thought that this was a fine match. Sort of just two and a half stars. I did think for a moment that maybe Hikari would win. Because I figured it'd be easy for her to go over especially because it's in Seattle, which is on the west coast of the United States, um, that it'd be easy for her to go over, maybe Russell, lose it back, or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it didn't happen, and I thought this match was pretty average. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, it kind of just ended. Like, it didn't really have a lead-up to anything. All of a sudden, I was just like, wait, oh, I guess it's over now. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, the Vertical Vixen needs to cut the in-match dialogue. It's not working. Get over here. Yeah. But Kelly, that's a the... video game reference. I know. I know. <laughs> I've played them before. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Very, uh... very uh, bloodline. Yeah, and it's also like, oh, also no one can, well, maybe not no one, but you're not in a country where the main language is English. Yeah. So you're just sort of speaking to yourself. And so. clear, and it really, no one cared about this match. It was very quiet in the arena. I think that was a running theme for some of the upcoming matches, but not the next match which was a three-way tag team match. The regular team of Hyper Masao and Shoko Nakajima defeating both Aja Kong and Raku and Max the Impaler and Palm Harajuku in nine minutes and 32 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? So I liked it, but it didn't have nearly enough nonsense, so I was kind of disappointed by it. So overall, good but not as wacky as I was hoping. I wrote it was a lot of fun, but there was, like you just said, less comedy than I thought there would be. Um, it was a pretty straightforward match. I mean, the bike got involved at one point, but that was really the peak of the comedy, really. Yeah. Which was very short. I did enjoy Raku absolutely demolishing Palm with the trash can strike. <laughs> and then immediately getting demolished herself by Max, like running her over. Um, it was just very, I was like, wow, I guess Raku's used to hitting with that pillow where she's like, oh, I can hit you as hard as I want. And it was That's just like, true. Wham. Um, and then got demolished in one of those ways where you fly across the ring and you like hit the ropes, but in the way where clearly you're not meant to hit the ropes. Um, <laughs> You like fall into them and you're just like, oh, God. Uh, I thought the Max and Aja interactions were the highlight of the match. Yeah, that was me. good. Um, I thought they were really good. I liked when they. I don't remember exactly what it was, but then they high fived each other. Um, and they were like, yeah, we did it. And then immediately went back to fighting. Uh, mm hmm which I thought was a lot of fun. So yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was a lot of fun, although less sort of way out there than these usually are, especially considering the last 
big hyper Masao thing was a time traveling, um, you know, 45 minute long match. Yeah. After the match, it was announced that Aja Kong will be returning to Tokyo Joshi to take on Super Sasadango Machine. Now that's uh, that going to be some nonsense. <laughs> yeah. That match is happening August 5th at City Circuit, not Circuit City, the shuttered electronics <laughs> chain, which I originally thought when I saw the thing, I thought Circuit City, and then I realized it was City Circuit. Um, that was announced, also announced they will be doing a pay-per-view, a, a team match from an amusement park that will be happening on August, on no, on the 27th. Um, which will be on pay-per-view, so that will be coming up. But that was really the two big announcements. And the next match was AEW's Nyla Rose coming to Tokyo Joshi for the first time and defeating Miyu Watanabe in eight minutes and one second. Um, another match I thought was very average. Didn't really like Miyu winning. And that's really all the thoughts I had about it. Wait. Nyla won. Oh, did I say... Sorry, I meant I was not happy about me losing. Did I say winning? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sorry. you did. No, I, I like, would have been happy if me I would have been happy if me won. Sorry. I wasn't happy about me losing. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's fair. I don't I mean, know. Big, just, TK like, probably wasn't going to let his person lose. Well, no, I understand that, but I'm just sort of like, eh. I, I also thought Miu, this was like the first match in a long time where I ended the match not thinking, wow, like Miu looked really great. Yeah. I just thought it was like she didn't like sort of did the swing a little bit. Um, she did it as much as she could. And yeah, you know what? They got it going for a little bit. I give them credit. You know, got some of the slams in, but some of them were like, oh, she's going to do this big move. And then it was like, oh, no, she can't do it. Yep. Um, and I don't, there just really wasn't anything to it. Like, I wasn't really, it's not part of a story. So it just sort of ended and I was like, Bleh, okay. Yeah, it was like, just, great. it was there. It happened. And I'm never going to think about it again. I don't like know a, if we it ever. It was like a, um, it's like a rampage match. Very much so. You know, eight minutes, get in and out. Nothing really of note happens. Yeah. And that's it. The next match was our final match uh, featuring a guest, and that would be the Eve title Spirit of Eve rules match where the champion Miyu Yamashita retained her title over Sawyer Wreck in 11 minutes and 51 seconds. The Spirit of Eve rules, of course, as everyone knows, is that there's no countouts. Um, everyone very familiar with the Eve, Spirit of Eve rules. Um Definitely. I thought that this sort of got fun near the end. Like, I thought the stuff with the chair in the ring was sort of fun. I mean, I wasn't really invested at all. Again, it was like the third of these three very similar matches where I was like, this doesn't really matter, and I don't really care about any of this. Um, 
and this I think was the part of the show where I was sort of like, oh, this show is not really, you know, setting my world on fire here. I'm just sort of like watching it and thinking it's fine. I mean, I saw some people who are like, oh, Sawyer, terrible. But I thought she, you know, she hasn't looked great. But I think that she's been served better in Tokyo Joshi than she is in a lot of other places. Um, so just sort of another fine. Yeah, I liked this match more than I think the general consensus is. I thought that Sawyer looked pretty decent here. Um it was a good, hard-hitting brawl. I thought the chair stuff worked for the most part. And uh, Miyu was able to get the skull kick, so that was cool. So I, I had a good time with this. I went three and three quarters on it. Yeah, this is the lowest uh, rated match on the show on Cage Match by um, a, a fairly large margin. Yeah, and like I don't think it was any... Like I, I thought it was far better than the Nyla Rose Miu match. Yeah, it's at a five point four two. The next closest match above that is a six point four six for the Defy title. And um, I like this more than that one too. Like of the three Gaijin singles matches, I think this was the best by far to me. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know that I really liked any of them enough to be like, oh yeah, this one was the best one. I'm like, they all sort of were just sort of shrugs for me. Yeah. The next match was a tag team match. The team, the returning team of Neo Bishikigun, Mei Michelle, and Saki Sama defeating Wakana Uihara and Yuki Arai in 12 minutes and 24 seconds. Really loved the finish of Saki-sama pinning Uihara, staring directly at Yuki Arai. I was like, I was like, wow, that's a, like, and I think Chris and Balian said it on commentary during, I don't think this match, but another match, but I'm like, wow, some of these Tokyo Joshi finishes are, they're getting like cold. They're like, wow, like pinning staring directly you know we've talked about the submissions where people are really yanking on submissions and things like that i'm like yeah wow they've really gotten into the you know um wild finishes and of and course i loved that may was just holding yuki or I, like forcing her to watch she was holding her head so she was facing this pin it was incredible uh, but a fun match, and of course, as we all expected, business as usual, nothing's changing with Neo Bishiki Goon. Um, you know, how could anything ever be different with Neo Bishiki Goon? They're going to be the same for the rest of our lives. Yep. Um, it was pointed out um, on, a dramat on the Dramatic DDT website I was reading their review of the show. They did mention that Saki-sama... Uh, well, actually, Yuki Arai used Saki Akai's finisher um, during the match, her former tag partner as champions. And then Saki-sama used that move as well. So a little nod to Saki Arai, who will be retiring and is Yuki's uh, former tag champion partner. The semi-main event of the show was a... 
title match, another title match, the International Princess title match, Rika Tatsumi defeating Yuki Aino in 15 minutes and 11 seconds. I thought that this was uh, really good, really felt very tough, especially the second half. There was at one point Rika got a dragon sleeper on that looked like she was going to rip Yuki's head off. Oh, that was so good. She was like really leaning back on it. And usually I look at the dragon sleeper and I'm like, eh, it's not a great, fi- it's not my favorite finisher, but she was wrenching back on it. And I was like, whoa, uh, that looks very painful. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I don't know that Yuki Aino will ever be sort of in the top tier of Tokyo Joshi in ring work. But I think in the past few weeks between this and then the number one contenders match, I think she's had better showings than really she's ever had in my mind. And at least now, moving forward, like this match and moving forward, I think in the past when it would have been like, oh, Yuki Aino is getting a title shot. It's like, oh, okay, she's not going to win. And the match is probably going to be like pretty, you know, three stars, two and a half stars, something like this. But this was another really good match. I went four stars. I thought it was really good. And at least Yuki is now someone who, if it's like in three months, they're they're saying, oh, she's challenging for the Princess of Princess title. I would be like, oh, that could be a really good match because I feel like this new character, the new outfit or whatever you want to call it, has really given her sort of a boost uh, in terms of everything, you know, sort of the obviously the look with a new costume but sort of the the outlook and her in-ring stuff i think has gotten a lot better yeah i'm right there with you i went four stars on this one too this really kind of drove home for me how good that rika is at making all of her big matches really feel like a struggle like it felt like it was just this herculean task to beat uk you know and that's that's a good skill to have as a champion. It makes all of your defenses feel much more important. And so, and like I think Ayano did really well here too. I think she more than held up her end of things. So I'm I'm excited to see where she goes going forward. So good for her for because I I was very not a fan of her work prior to the past couple of months. So you know what? She turned me around on her. But yeah, overall, really great uh, semi main. The main event was for the Princess of Princess title match. The Ito Respect Army explodes. Mizuki, the champion, retaining her title over Maki Ito in 24 minutes and 29 seconds. And this was the match that really took it from... You know, the four-star match in the semi-main, I was like, okay, that's pretty good. This match really was great. I will say, as of right now, as of this moment, it is the highest-rated Tokyo Joshi match of all time on Cage Match. Um, Goddamn. I don't agree with that. I have a couple other matches. Um, The Mizuki, uh, Yuka, the first match they had. Uh, for the championship, I think would be higher for me. There's also up there is the um, the two Miyu Watanabe matches from the Tokyo Princess Cup last year, which I think would probably be up there. But I thought that this was an excellent match. 
Um, really great. I thought they did really well with the teasing of the submissions throughout. I think sometimes when you're working a match that has so many submission, you know, reaching for the ropes, things like that, it can sort of get very either repetitive or you're like, oh, of course, this person's going to escape. So I'm just sort of sitting here waiting for them to get to the ropes. But I thought they worked the submissions really well. I thought there were some really tense moments. It was really hard hitting. You could hear the strikes coming through even on the uh, broadcast. And so I thought it was really good. I went four and a half stars. That's right where I am too. Four and a half. Uh, They were just throwing bombs this whole match. And that was awesome. It's really amazing how uh, Maki Ito has just evolved as a performer in the past couple of years. Because she's putting in great matches and we kind of just take it for granted now at how good she is from where she came from, which was serviceable. But like I, if you had gone back in time to a couple of years ago, I would not have imagined that she would be putting on matches like this. Just fantastic work from both women. I thought they did a good job of, you could feel the history between them, but they didn't really hammer you over the head with like callback spots or anything. And yeah, just incredible work by both of them. I loved this easily match of the night. I I, I wouldn't call it my favorite Tokyo Joshi match, but it's probably in the top 10. I would guess if I had to make a list and I do think this was the right booking decision. I'm glad Mizuki picked up the win here and I fully expect when Maki Ito eventually has her time as champion that they'll run this back and then Maki Ito will get the win there. Yeah, it's funny because I sort of, I agree that it was the right decision, but I sort of tricked myself in that um, Maki's going to be in GCW on Friday, which is actually a show I'm going to in New York. And she's been announced for the show, but they haven't announced a match for her. Now it's possible that she'll just like come out at some point and do something, which sometimes happens. But in the middle of the match, I was like, is the reason they haven't announced a match for her yet is that she's going to win the title. And then GCW will be like, Hey, new Tokyo Joshi champion. Maki Ito is going to fight. I don't know. Uh, Janai Kai. (laughs) Oh my God. Utami is going to become the princess of princess (laughs) champion. That's right. The true forbidden door between stardom (laughs) and Tokyo Joshi. Um, But yeah, it was the right decision. I really liked, you know, Maki talked at the end about how they were in, you know, they were in sort of the Ito uh, respect army. And then she felt like Mizuki, you know, went off, tagged with Yuka, became champion, now is obviously the princess of princess champion, and that there was jealousy but sort of has accepted that she's also strong. And I liked that in the match, there was a moment where late in the match, uh, Mizuki was standing. Maki was sort of pulling herself up on Mizuki. And I thought, okay, this is going to be the moment, the moment that's happened in like every Maki challenge where she does the middle fingers right before she loses. That's been like the staple of the last couple of, challenges she fights really hard she doesn't have it she sort of gives the middle finger to be like ah you know 
and then loses and didn't do that. And I sort of like that as a progression of the character from now not needing to do that, being able to be like, I'm fighting, you know, I didn't win, but I'm not going to just end the match by being like, oh, middle fingers and sort of giving up. Um, so I'd like, it's, you know, a very small thing. I think if you didn't, you know, if you weren't regularly watching the matches or you hadn't seen the previous Maki matches, it wasn't like a huge effect on the match. Like if it would have happened, it wouldn't have been like, oh, they, they ruined the match or the match was so much better or whatever. But I just like having those sort of interesting through lines as we see, especially so many Edo challenges now that have sort of fallen by the wayside. Well, that is all for Tokyo Joshi. And before we continue talking about everything else that's happened in the past two weeks of Joshi, we want to tell you all about BetStamp. That's right. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started and get ahead. Having multiple sportsbooks accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, betstamp.app/vow, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook at betstamp.app V-O-W. So what else has been happening in the world of Joshi? Well, there were two New Japan strong shows in Japan with women's action on it. Now, Kelly, did you watch these shows? I did. Did you? I did not. Oh, you should. They're good. They're a good time. I've heard they're very good. I do want to watch them, but they were uh, pay-per-views, which I... um, was not going to pay for so i they are on my list to watch but i have not watched them yet yeah well they're they're a good time the main events of them on them are both good but let's talk about the women's matches uh so night one which was july 4th uh willow nightingale and momokogo defeated julia and tecla really good match in front of a hot crowd uh it's really kind of amazing how much this accidental title run just gave Willow that little extra something to make her kind of go to the next level as a performer. But yeah, this was a good match. I went three and a half stars on it. Then night two on the fifth, we had the strong women's title match, Julia defeating Willow Nightingale to become the new champion. Uh, this was great. I thought it was really good. The crowd really got behind both of them, but like I was kind of disappointed that uh, Willow lost. Because, again, the the crowd was behind her. Uh, I mean, it makes sense that Julia's going to win, especially when you look at it as this is, like, 
the New Japan and America belts. You're going to want to have Japanese talent with those belts. So it makes sense, and especially with Julia wanting to come over to the States. Uh, But yeah, I thought they had really good chemistry, and the match flowed pretty well. I went three and three quarters on it. Well, also happening in stardom, they actually just had a Corican Hall show a few hours ago, but also it was announced that Utami would be coming to America for a tour of GCW. One match so far is complete. Um, on Saturday evening, she wrestled Billy Starks. Um, I did watch that match on that show, I would say. Uh, enjoyable match, nothing to go out of your way for, but fun to see uh, Utami in a little bit of a different environment and enjoyable if you want to want to watch that. What else has been going on? Seedling had a show on June 28th, highlighted Arisa Nakajima defeating Itsuki Aoki to retain the Beyond the Sea title. And Ayame Sasamura and Riko Kaiju defeating Asuka and Makoto to win the tag titles. That, uh, a very enjoyable match, especially the last few minutes, really pick up, really great action. And a really great moment when Sasamura and Kaiju win the titles. Uh, very happy for that as someone who has talked for many years at this point on this podcast about people using Sasamura more. And Riko Kaiju, obviously the homegrown talent of Seedling winning the title. So that is really great. Oz Academy had a show also on July 9th. The big news there, Mio, the Ozaki-Goon ref returning after a long absence, returning in that red uh, referee gear. So happy to see her back. In Wave, the Catch the Wave tournament has now moved on to the winner's tournament. Uh, recently, they had round one of the winner's tournament. Itsuki Aoki, who came in second in the C block, defeating Chie Ozora, who was the winner of the young block. Yuki Miyazaki, who won the Elizabeth block, defeating Kohaku. Saki, defeating Kazuna Tanaka who was in the young block and Asuka defeating Haruka Umasaki. So those four will be in the finals, which we will talk about shortly. But next I will throw it over to Kelly for some Choco Pro news, as well as some news from other places around the world of Joshi. All right, so Chaco Pro, uh, Chaco Pro 318 from June 29th. The main event of that show was Emi Sakura and Mei Suruga defeating Hagane Shino and Mia Yatsuba. I really like that match. I went four stars on it, so that's worth giving, giving a watch. And then on the 5th, they had a big Shinkiba show, but that has not aired yet, so I have not looked at the results. Uh, but I'm assuming that'll air probably within the next week or so. So I'll talk about it next week or next episode. Uh, let's see. Gleet had their second anniversary show on July 1st, where they had a bunch of Joshi stuff. Uh, Michiko Miyagi led her squad of herself, Aoi, Risa Sarah, and Janai Kai to defeat Unagi Sayaka, uh, Yukari Hosikawa, Itsuki Aoki, and Raiden Hagane. 
Uh, there was a trios match where Chihiro Hashimoto teamed with El Lindemann and Kento Miyahara to defeat Flamita, Kataro Suzuki, and Yutani. That's a fire pro match if I've ever heard one. And then in the uh, UWF half of the show, Maya Fukuda defeated Azusa Inaba. I liked that match quite a bit. I went three and a half stars on it. Uh, if you like the UWF stuff, check that one out. Uh, then we had the Bakagaijin and Friends Volume 6. The main event of that one had Vaney defeating uh, Masa Takanashi in a good match. And then in zero one, I don't believe either of these two matches have aired, though I saw clips of the first one. Uh, we have Unagi's Fire Festival matches on the second and Fire Festival night two. Mizuki Watase defeated Unagi via knockout. Uh, the clips that I saw looked really brutal. Uh, Watase just wrecking Unagi with a shoot headbutt and then. KOing her with a forearm strike. Uh, and then the night three on the seventh, Masato Tanaka defeating Unagi. The only clip of that match I've seen was Tanaka doing the splash to the outside through the table on Unagi. So she's having a great time over in Zero One. I'm hoping that those make tape because I would like to watch those matches. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what zero ones airing a schedule is yeah but who knows if we'll ever see any of them uh, yeah but so that is everything that has happened in the last two weeks of joshi but what is coming up well the biggest thing that is coming up is the beginning of stardom's five-star grand prix the opening night will be on july 23rd and the card is as follows mayu iwatani will take on hazuki Suri will take on Suzu Suzuki. Tom Nakano will face Sayaka Matani. Natsupoi and Starlight Kid will face off Amisore and Natsuka Tora. Julia versus Sayori Yano. Utami versus Mina. Mirai versus Momo Watanabe. Azumi versus Mariah May. And Micah versus Hanan. Kelly, what is your most anticipated match for night one of the five star Grand Prix? That's hard. This is a stacked show. Um, I think I want to go with Siri and Suzu. I think that'll be a really good, really interesting styles clash. That would that would have probably been my pick. So I'll go different than you, and I will say Azumi and Mariah May. I'm very interested to see how Mariah May performs. Now she's comfortable in stardom, but it is her first, obviously five-star Grand Prix, so interested to see how she performs, and of course, always a big fan of Azumi, so that should be good, and we're already back in five-star Grand Prix season, uh, right back in it, but that is not the only tournament that is starting in the next two weeks. Tokyo Joshi's Tokyo Princess Cup will have three days of first-round matches on the 15th, 16th, and 17th. Those matchups are not determined yet. Um, as of the time we're recording, they are streaming the lottery on YouTube, I believe sometime on Monday. So maybe by the time this comes out, they will have already been drawn, but are not drawn at this point. So we'll be interested to see what happens there. Sendai Girls has a show from Corican Hall on July 16th, headlined by Asuka 
versus Millie McKenzie for the Sendai Girls title. But also on that show, Chihiro Hashimoto will take on Stardom's Natsupoi in the semi-main. Dash Chizako returns to take on Hiroyo Matsumoto. And then in a very cool tag match, Mika Iwata and Miyuki Takase will take on Sayori Ano and Sari coming back to Sendai Girls. Ice Ribbon has a show on July 17th. Makoto and Hamakahoshi will take on Hikari Minami and Hinata for the tag titles. And Totoro Satsuki will defend her Ice Infinity title once again against Gambari's Yuri. Diana has a show on July 18th celebrating Jaguar Yakota's 47th anniversary. The main event will be Jaguar Yakota and Aja Kong teaming together to face Mayumi Ozaki and Kyoko Inoue. Also on that show, a very uh, fun-looking three-way match. Sari against Asuka against Unagi Sayaka. That one should be fun. And a match for Kelly on the show. Risa Sara, Akane Fujita, and Takashi Sasaki will take on Drake Morimatsu, Mochi Natsumi, and Jun Kasai. In a hardcore match there. I got really scared when I was reading that match at first because I thought it was going to be Drake Younger. <laughs> no, he's I retired, like, oh, no. I believe, now. I, believe I think so, but you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, Diana said, who do we really need for this? Uh, <laughs> who's really been influential on the career of Jaguar Yakota? <laughs> He said, oh, I know, Drake Younger, former NXT referee. Uh, get, get him over here with our big budget. We have to fly in uh, foreign talent. Uh, and then finally, the Catch the Wave finals will be happening on July 17th. The two matches, Yuki Miyazaki against Asuka, Itsuki Aoki against Saki. The winner of those two matches will face off in the finals on that show also on that show hokaru shida will return to team with saki akai to take on kazuna tanaka and hanukkah uh, in a tag match so an interesting team there maybe hikaru shida doing some late uh recruiting to try and get saki akai into aew uh, yeah there. maybe maybe this is what will convince her to sign that contract <laughs> But that is everything happening in the next two weeks, so we'll have plenty to talk about on the next show. But I will throw it over to Kelly now for his traditional end-of-the-show segment. I don't have any movies to recommend because I've been playing a lot of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I got this this game a little later than everyone else just because I wasn't super excited about it. And I think the marketing on it was kind of bad because... The marketing was essentially just like, hey, you remember that last game? It's that. But we added a little bit extra, and I was like, yeah, I played that game. I don't need to play it again. But you know what? Enough is new in this one. I'm having a real good time with it. I'm going around solving shrines, building shit. It's a good time. If you got a Switch, check it out. Well, I've been way behind. I've been playing Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. Oh. Uh, on my Switch, on the uh, Game Boy Advance emulator on my uh, Nintendo Switch. So I'm way behind because I started playing Breath of the Wild 
to be like, oh, let me play through it again so then I can play Tears of the Kingdom. But then I started playing Minish Cap, and I've really enjoyed it. Nice. I, I really enjoy having those, uh, the Game Boy Advance and all the, the older games, just whenever I want to play them, just fire up my Switch, and there they are. Yeah, they're great. Uh, they're great, just like this episode of Jumping Bomb Audio has been great. You know and what? You're right. I When I'm right, I'm right. And I'm right about that. We have loved being with you, and we will be with you again in two weeks to talk more, Joshi. So until then, goodbye. Bye, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there. My name's Neil David, and I'm the host of Euro Graps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North. We don't care. We talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.